Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I don't know if you realize it, but we're facing almost like an emotional battering. In fact, we have had an attack on our lives in the area of our emotions, and we are feeling more than thinking in our world because of what we're facing. And I think the devil uses it to batter us emotionally, but we have to keep our heads. I was reading about the Japanese suicide rate. It increased by 16% during the last year. And it seems like the Japanese, who are normally very staid and disciplined, are losing their heads and they're feeling more than thinking. That's what happens to you when you're under attack. You may remember the arcade fire song, Wasted Hours, where they talk about how life can cause you to lose your head. And they say some cities make you lose your head. Endless suburbs stretched out thin and dead. Just going through life can make you lose your head. In fact, I was reading about a man 79 years old in the Spanish city of Vigo, Jose Antonio, who's been vandalizing motor cars for the last 10 years, 79 years old. And he's caused more than 9 million rands worth of damage by sticking toothpicks into car door locks and by scratching them with keys or sharp objects. If passers-by notice him doing it, because he does it, he doesn't care what you think, he, 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 he will react and he will shout at them angrily, even hit them with his cane. He's been arrested and released and arrested and released, yet he continues to do it. It's clear that somewhere in his life, something happened that has caused him to lose his head and now he's taking it out on people, maybe that are better off than him because he's feeling instead of thinking. The old carry-on movies from the way back in the 1960s, there was one called Don't Lose Your Head. And uh, the, one of the uh, scripts says this, it says, don't lose your head when the world's at its worst. Don't lose your head when the bubble has burst. Church, today I want to speak about not losing your head, especially when things go wrong, when you're facing challenges in life, you've got to keep your head because when your head gets disconnected from your body, your body dies and you can't take it in the direction it needs to go. Your head or your thinking is absolutely essential. Now the dictionary definition says this, if you keep your head, you remain calm in a difficult situation. If you lose your head, you panic and do not remain calm in a difficult situation. The opposite of it explains it a bit better, and it says to lose one's composure and act emotionally or irrationally. So we do what we feel and we don't think, and that's a bad place to be, and life can do that to you. Sometimes the humdrum of life, sometimes the circumstances of life can do that to us. We react instead of respond. And as believers, we've got to keep our heads. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Word of God in our minds and not allow ourselves to react, but to respond to life. The fact that we're talking about keeping your head really means that you can lose your head. So today the title is Keeping Your Head in Unstable Times because we're certainly living in unstable times. And Paul gives us a texture where he's writing to Timothy and advising him, listen, as a man of God, 
not to lose his head. And he says there's coming a time when people's opinions will change, when they'll live by feeling instead of by their heads. And he's saying to him, you can't go down that road. And I wanna say to you today as a believer, you can't go down that road. We have to keep our heads in unstable times. Let's read here from 2 Timothy chapter four and verse one. And then I'm gonna give you six areas that we need to keep our heads in. He says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, this is a serious thing, who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. In other words, take note of what I'm saying. I'm doing it in the presence of God and Jesus is about to come back Take this very seriously, Timothy. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. In other words, in ideal times and in non-ideal times. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, notice this, to suit their desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. So they're going to want to hear things that fit in with the way they feel. I feel this way, so who can confirm what I feel is the way Christians are going to live. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, notice the emphasis on you. You live differently to what they do. You respond differently to them. And Christian, you need to respond differently. But you, then he says, Keep your head in all situations, no matter what's going on. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Don't live emotionally, live responsibly. Think and then act according to the word of God. Don't go along with what everyone's doing and don't let your head get disconnected from your life because when you lose your head, your entire life suffers. Listen today, if a pastor is warned not to lose his head, how much more people in the church who are exposed to all kinds of influences, all kinds of media, all kinds of friends on uh, social media as well, we've got to be very careful that we stick to what God says because the outcome of it is good. When you keep your head, the outcome of your life is good and the results are success and blessing in your life. Now notice here, he says, they will turn away, they will gather around them and they will turn to myths. Do you know what a myth is? It, it's, it's an interesting, here's a dictionary definition. A myth is something that's not true, but held as true. And it goes on to say, it is a legendary or a traditional story that usually concerns an event or a hero with or without using factual or real explanations. In other words, it's a fabrication to justify a certain view of life. Evolution is a myth. It's not the truth. It's been purported as the truth, but evolution is a myth. Atheism is a myth. It's something that's set forth as true. There is no God, but it's not true. And people will turn to that which is not true, go with what they feel, and then gather people around them to confirm what their feelings are instead of keeping their heads. In the New International Reader's version of that verse, he says, but I want you to keep your head no matter what happens. Don't give up when times are hard. That's an encouragement to us today. Work to spread the good news. Do everything God has given you to do. In other words, keep serving God. Don't get distracted. 
don't lose your head. Now let's look at six areas where we need to do this. Number one, keep your head when others around you are abandoning theirs. In today's world, because of pressure and because of influences, people are losing their heads and going with their hearts. And you must not. He says, but you, man of God, but you, woman of God, we've got to be different and we've got to hold on to our heads and our minds in Christ. Ecclesiastes 2.14 is a wonderful scripture and it's quite humorous. It says, the wise have eyes in their heads while the fool walks in the darkness. What it's really saying is wise people have got eyes in their heads and they use them. They haven't cut off their heads and gone with their emotions. They're thinking and using the wisdom of God. And you know, when we lose our heads, we stop thinking and we've allowed emotions to rule us and that's when trouble comes into our lives. And the enemy is always trying to attack the head. You'll notice over the years, all the ideologies that came into the world, Leninism, uh, Hitler, uh, Mao, they all try to brainwash people to their way of thinking. In other words, get their head removed and then lead them by the heart and you can make people slaves. And if you realize it, but a person can lose a leg, they can lose an arm, you can lose an ear and still be human. But if you lose your head or you lose your mind, actually what happens is you start to become quite animal-like, if I can put it like that. And people who've lost their heads resort almost to becoming like animals. You remember the prodigal son who left his father and left the wisdom of the house and the resources of the house. He ended up living like an animal, if you like, in poverty amongst the pigs. And in the Bible tells us that he came back to his senses. In fact, I want to read that Luke chapter 15. It says, when he came back to his senses, he said, in other words, he started to talk to himself. And, and, he, and he says this, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Notice this, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. You see, the text implies that he was feeling up to that point, but now he suddenly started thinking. He was reduced to animal status as his head was removed. And now he comes to his senses and he says this, I'm gonna go back to my father. You know, when a Christian or a non-Christian is disconnected from God, the father, then we lose our head and we start to think and behave on the rational or animal or instinct level only. And it's not a good place to be, especially when you're going through unstable times you mustn't lose your head. Rudyard Kipling in his famous poem, If, just to take one line, he says, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, he goes on to say, then you're a man, my son. Don't lose your head when everyone else is losing theirs. Number two, the second thing we need to do so that we can keep our head in unstable times is guard your head when others are open to everything. You've got to guard your mind and your thinking when others become so open to everything. Paul says here they're going to turn away and they're going to gather around themselves and their thinking is going to be completely different. But you don't just be open to everything. It almost sounds like you've got a closed mind. No, you've got a certain way of thinking. It's like staying on the road when you're driving. You don't just drive into the felt and onto the gravel, you keep on the roadway because that creates motion and momentum in your life. 
And it's so important to guard the mind or guard your head today. And I was reading about two soldiers, one whose name is Lance Captain Bradley Snipes. And he stands with the helmet that saved his life. And during a 2005 mission, Snipes was shot in the head by an enemy sniper, but the Kevlar helmet saved his head. His head was guarded. If he didn't have that helmet on, chances are his entire head would have been blown apart. The second one is Lance Corporal uh, Christopher Hatley, and he was hit in the head, he thought, by a bit of rock that had bounced off somewhere when he was under fire, but actually he had been shot in the head, and again, that wonderful Kevlar helmet, sturdy and light, saved him, otherwise his head would have been blown apart. You know, head wounds can be fatal, and that's why we have to guard our heads. And the Bible tells us that we have something to put on to guard our heads, and it's called the helmet of salvation. And uh, we read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Guard your head and have your mind covered. Don't lose your head, but the Word of God will protect you better than a Kevlar helmet will protect you. And you know, in Roman times, it was a steel helmet that they put on and it saved them from the sword, cutting their head from arrows. And that's what we've got. We've got this helmet that is God's truth and God's values. And you need to realize that the enemy is after the head. He's after your mind. Think of this, the head always speaks of authority. It speaks of leadership. From the head comes the directing of everything. And when you lose your head, you've lost your authority. You've lost your leadership over your own life and the direction that it's taking. And leadership comes to the head or from the head, and it's also the place where blessing comes to. So leadership comes from your head and blessing comes to your head. Let me remind you of this as we think about our heads today and guarding our heads, Psalm 133. It says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. In other words, we think the same, we think the way God thinks, and we stand together on the word in unity and in love. He says it's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. And it goes on to say, there God commands the blessing. So when the head is united with other heads, with Christ the head, then unity comes and blessing comes and power comes. And that's why the enemy's constantly attacking the head. That's why we have to guard our heads. Psalm 23, you all know it so well. And verse five says, you anoint my head with oil. Why the head with oil? In old times, they used to anoint the sheep's heads with oil to debug them. All the bugs got in the nose and in the, in the wool and the sheep was harassed and got, a, got all anxious and, and annoyed. And, and it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to be poured on our heads so we think with a calmness, we don't lose our heads and we guard our minds and then we get debugged. We're not harassed and helpless and anxious. You know, today people are full of anxiety, full of depression, and uh, we suffer from attention deficit disorder, post-traumatic stress, people are suicidal and uh, schizophrenic even. We need to guard our minds and the way to do it is to keep our heads by putting on the helmet of salvation because the enemy is after your head. Think back to when David killed Goliath. The Bible makes a point to say that he cut off his head. 
You see, the head is where the thinking of the Philistine army came from. The head is where the directing came from. And it wasn't enough to strike him with a stone. He had to make sure that the head was removed. In the Old Testament, we read about the head. I just wanna make this point here. The priests had hands laid on their heads and they were anointed for service. They poured oil on the priests' heads. Why? Because from the head comes everything and from your head comes God's word. God's anointing comes into your mind and into your life. And so you have to guard your head. And when the priests lose their heads, that's when trouble comes. That's why Paul says to Timothy, you man of God, because you can't afford as someone in ministry to lose your head. You'll remember with Eli, when he was running the temple with his sons, he lost his head. He stopped leading and directing his sons and he instead felt sorry for them. But the Bible says that they were, they were reprobate. They slept with the women at the tent of meeting. They took from the offerings. And guess what happened? Eventually those, those men were judged by God. And then when Eli got the news, he fell back backwards and broke his neck. His head was finally removed. You see, the head is so important. And when a head is not used, emotion will come into play and the priests of God can't make judgments and reason and determine God's, uh, the way for God's people by feeling. We have to guard our heads. I hope this is making sense to you today. You need to guard your head because in these unstable times, it's very easy to be swept along with a crowd and to lose your head. Number three, the third way we need to guard our minds in unstable times is keep your head when facing opposition. Often as a Christian, you will face opposition. Don't get angry, don't react, don't freak out, especially on social media. Keep your head. And the way to keep your head is to be filled with the word and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you remember in the book of Acts, a man called Stephen was chosen as one of the, we call them deacons in those days, and they chose him. And, and the scripture says here in Acts chapter six that they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say in verse six, they presented these men, he was in a group, to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So, so here they laid hands on their heads. They imparted to them this calling. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to notice here, it says in verse nine of that chapter, that opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But notice this. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Here's a man filled with the Holy Spirit who has had hands laid on his head, who's been appointed to leadership. Now he faces opposition. And guess what? He responds calmly. He's not swayed by them. In fact, if you read the text, he, he unpacks a whole chapter of scripture explaining clearly God's word and God's wisdom, God's plan for salvation. And they pick up stones and they stone him. And guess what? He still doesn't lose his head. He looks at them and he says, I see heaven opened and I see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Here's a man who didn't lose his head in anger. He didn't change his belief system because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was filled with wisdom. You know, more and more, if you look at the news and you read the newspapers and various online uh, uh, blogs, you'll see that people are losing their heads. This week, I came across an article about a painter and decorator 
in the UK by the name of Dean Reeves. And he was hired to paint a building by an owner who owns several buildings and wanted to convert this building into blocks of flats. And he was asked to come and paint the building and he agreed to a certain amount of money, equivalent of 12,000 Rand. But then the owner kept changing the agreement. Now I want you to paint this, I want you to paint that, I want you to add this and, and, and then I'll pay you. And so he kept on, he kept on, he kept on. Eventually he, he lost his head and he said, you know what, I've had enough of this. And what he did was, he went and took black paint and he painted across that freshly painted building. He painted the words, want your house painting? Don't be like Terry, pay the bill, now you will. You see, we end up angry and when we have opposition, we have challenges in business, we have challenges from other people, we can end up losing our heads, damaging our testimony, but God wants us to keep our heads, be filled with the spirit like Stephen, be filled with the word and not be moved. Number four, the fourth thing to do so that you don't lose your head in unstable times is keep your head when facing loss and despair. Loss and despair. Despair leads to depression. Depression leads to suicide. And we've got to be very careful when we find our emotions challenged with loss and when we find ourselves moving into despair. You know, sometimes life can be like a, like a, like a physical storm. Emotionally, you can feel like you're being battered, you're being attacked, you, 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 you're, being, you're being bombarded by what is happening to you. Many of you have lost family members. You've lost dear loved ones, parents, uh, siblings, uh, relatives, close friends, and it has shocked you. And when that happens, you mustn't lose your head. Don't change your beliefs, don't ask why, and don't allow despair to become depression or even suicide. Things happen in our world, but God is still good. And you need to remember that. Life is not fair, but God is good. And you say, well, I, you know, I've believed for the best and it hasn't worked out. Well, let me remind you, what's the alternative for, to believing for the best? Is it believing for the worst? It is, and that's not going to help us. And so we have to keep hope alive despite loss and despite what comes to us in our emotions. And the devil will keep attacking your mind so that you start feeling rather than thinking and he will create despair and depression and even suicide in many lives. Norman Cousins says this. He says the main trouble with despair is that it is self-fulfilling. People who fear the worst tend to invite it. That's a warning for us. Heads that are down can't scan the horizon for new openings. Bursts of energy do not spring from a spirit of defeat. Ultimately, helplessness leads to hopelessness. You see, we have to guard ourselves. We have to keep our heads up and we have to say, well, despite this, I'm gonna trust God. Habakkuk said, though the fig tree doesn't blossom, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. The psalmist says in Psalm 27 and verse three, though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. And then he says, and now my head shall be lifted up. You see, it's about your head, not losing your head, keeping your head, then your head will be lifted up because unless your head is lifted up, you can't see new horizons. And then he says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all 
around me. You see, when you keep your head and you go to God and you decide, I'm not gonna lose my head no matter loss or despair, then your head is lifted and you can begin to see new horizons. And he goes on to say, I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I will not lose my head. I will keep thanking God. I will keep declaring the word and praising God. I will keep speaking of his goodness. Even though I'm assailed and I've had loss and despair is creeping into my heart, I've made a decision about it from my head to rule my heart. You know, so many people are plagued by that suicide impulse. And you know how it comes? Despair turns to depression, turns to suicide. And we have to keep hope alive. Dr. Carl Meniger put it like this. He said, hope is the major weapon against the suicide impulse. Don't wait until you're in depression and you're on your last legs and you've allowed your head to be removed and your heart to lead you. Then it's almost too late. You then almost need a miracle from God. It's a decision we need to make that we will keep our heads despite loss and despair. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale is a very well-known author. Some have criticized him, but he was a man of God and wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Now, way back at one time, he lived in New York and he was pastoring a church and he decided around Christmas time to go and visit families all over the city. And as he was walking through the city visiting, he walked past a doorway and noticed a red ribbon on the door, red ribbon of Christmas. But he also noticed there was a black wreath of mourning Although the people weren't members of his church, he decided I'm gonna knock on the door. He knocked on the door and the father came to the door. He introduced himself and the man invited him in. And he went inside and spoke to him. And as he walked into the lounge, he noticed there was a coffin and a six-year-old girl, their daughter, was in the coffin. And he offered his condolences to the man, the most natural thing to do. And the man says, no, no, don't worry. I know where she's gone. She's gone to be with the Lord. And uh, as he sat down, he looked across through into the sitting room and there he saw the mother reading to the two little boys. And uh, she was reading this from the scriptures. And he says he overheard these words, because I live, you shall live also. And he said she was using the word of God so that they wouldn't lose their heads. Because you see, when you face loss and you face despair, there's a good chance you could lose your head and they were helping those boys with the word of God and the father who knew the word of God and mother who knew the word of God kept their heads during a time of terrible and tragic loss. If you face such a loss today, the danger of getting into despair and into depression is very real. You need to keep your head and the way to do it is not just to make up your mind, but to go to God's word and to find the promises and the comfort in his word that'll keep you from not losing your head. Now I want to give you two more practical ones today and they will help you. Let's look at number five. Keep your head when making financial decisions. You know, we've just come out of a period of lockdown and everything is basically coming back as we hope, back to normal. We might see a third wave, we hope not. But certainly people are getting back to normal buying and spending and we've got to be careful we don't lose our heads when it comes to financial decisions because often people make decisions with their hearts and their emotions instead of their heads. And I want to tell you, the head is better than the heart when it comes to money. You need to plan, you need to think, you need to pause and most of all, get advice from the Bible 
and people who are successful and experienced in the area of money. And let me say this, be brutally honest with yourself when it comes to money. Ask yourself if you need it or if it's just that you want it. Look, it's one thing if you need it and you can afford it, but if you just want it, maybe it's time to pause and think long-term. And uh, Pastor Bill and I recently, we've been doing the same. You know, there's things that we want to do. We've been at home in, during the entire time of lockdown and there's things we wanted to do in our house. And, and, and you know, if you just think and pause, you actually find, man, I don't actually need that. It's not that essential. It could be boredom. It could be because we're being plagued by ads all the time. And uh, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul again giving advice, and I'm not implying that this is you, but there's some advice in here for all of us today who are together online. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. And they're going to influence us too, those last days. And I think we're kind of entering them now. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Now, I don't think it's necessary a sense where you, you love money. I think it's we preoccupied with money and spending because sometimes there's nothing else to do. And he goes on to say radical things, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. In other words, they'll lose their heads brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash. Notice that word, rash, impulsive, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. People will be religious, they'll call themselves Christians, but they will be living by emotion instead of thinking and living by the word of God and by principle. Now this word rash tucked in there, in the New Living Translation, it says reckless, the New American Standard Bible says this, we'll do foolish things without thinking. That's what we must not do when it comes to finances. We need to think very deeply and we mustn't lose our heads and go with our hearts. If you only use your feelings, you will make big mistakes. And advertising today is targeted at our feelings and is designed to make us lose our heads. Most adverts don't have facts in there anymore. They try and create emotion because they know that if they can move us, we will act impulsively and then we will live with regret and we will live with debt. Can I say this to you? If you're bored with your car, bored with your home, it might be that you need to replace certain things and you know, go ahead, do that and keep progressing in your life, keep moving forward. But here's the thing, if you're bored with your home, it doesn't mean you should be spending money. Maybe you need to just stop and think again. Recently, we've done that. We find quite a relief that, gee, we could do that and we wanted to do that, but actually we thought about it a bit more deeply and it's actually freed us. You see, when you use your head, it keeps you from debt and from challenges. And today, people just do not think. I, this week, read a story about a young man in India who was expecting from his wealthy parents a Jaguar sports car as a birthday present. Well, instead, they bought him a brand new BMW 3 Series, and his response was he lost his head and pushed the car into a nearby river. Well, his friends went after it. It got stuck up against some reeds of grass and tried to retrieve it. But he felt so entitled and so driven by material things that he actually lost his head and pushed this brand new car into the river. It's amazing what happens to one when you lose your head. You behave in a way that is irrational and ungodly. And Christians should never be guilty of that kind of thing. Now, maybe you say, that's crazy. I'd never do that. But nonetheless, when it comes to money and finances, we need to think 
We need to show appreciation. And remember this, church, everything becomes old. If you've been in our church for a while, you would have heard me say that. Shapes of motor cars that, 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 that get us infatuated. In 10 years' time, you can't believe you actually bought a car that is that ugly. Let me take you to some of the telephones. Can you remember the Blackberry? How we all dreamed of having a Blackberry? And now when you look at it, it's like an antique. They probably sell it for a high price because it's got antique value. What about the old 2003 Nokia, the 3650? And then what about the Motorola Razr, the flip open phone? I mean, cool to pull it out your pocket and flick it open. Today, ridiculous, but we chase after things and sometimes we lose our heads and we buy things and we get into debt and then we lose our peace and we lose our joy. Don't make emotional decisions, make rational and clear decisions with God's wisdom. You know, I found it fascinating recently that they did a survey and they asked men, what is it that you really want in your home? And the men didn't say that they wanted material things. I found this fascinating. They didn't say I want a garage, you know, stocked with tools. They didn't say I want a home theater. I don't want expensive furniture. This is what the men said was the most important thing they wanted in their home. And wives, take notice, they wanted peace in the home. And you know what? That's an interesting thing. We all want peace. And when you get into debt, peace goes. And you might end up with the furniture, you might end up with all the luxuries, but guess what? They wear off, they become old. And if you lose your peace, you lose everything. So don't lose your head when it comes to financial decisions. Come, let's do the last one. Number six, keep your head when dating. Gosh, we, it's like we have our heads cut off and our heart almost takes the place of our head. And when you're dating, it is a very important thing not to lose your head. Don't lose your head when you're in a coffee shop or a restaurant and there's a romantic atmosphere where you go home and climb into bed with someone and you say, well, we're gonna live together, we're gonna test it out. There's nothing wrong with sex before marriage. Can I just say this? If you think there's nothing wrong with sex before marriage, why is it that when people are living together or dating one another and having sex outside marriage, which the Bible does not condone, how come it is when that one person in the relationship, even though you're not married, they have sex with someone else? Why is it that there's so much jealousy anger, sometimes even murder, if there's nothing to it at all, if it's just sex. You see, it's a bond, it's a covenant, it's a relationship, it's a spiritual matter, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not just a heart matter, there's something there, there are consequences to it, and we have to think it through, we have to decide if this is our life partner, take it slow, take it carefully, and then make the best of our lives. These are not short-term decisions, they have long-term ramifications. Take your time and think. Don't lose your head to someone. Think biblically. I was watching a Netflix uh, series just recently and found it quite fascinating. It was, it's called Under Suspicion, uncovering the Westphal case. And it's the story of Bernard Westphal, which you can see here, the former Belgian politician, member of parliament, who uh, was arrested for his wife's death in 2013. And he met this woman, Veronique Perotin. They met each other in a coffee shop and she noticed him and he noticed her and he said it was love at first sight. He went over and sat down next to her, took her hand. And he says a friend of his walked into the coffee shop. I mean, they just met something like five minutes before. And he, uh, his friend asked him about her and she said, yeah, and, and, and they both suddenly agreed that they are together. Yes, we're dating. I mean, five minutes in a coffee shop. He had no idea who she was. 
Within three months, they'd rushed into a marriage. And after the marriage, she realized two months after it that he didn't have as much money. He was a politician, but he, hadn't, he didn't have much money. He was in debt. She thought she should have a better life. And so she went back to her boyfriend, her psychologist boyfriend who she'd been going out with. She went back and started an affair with him while just brand newly married. And it turned out she'd had several affairs with several men because she'd acted impulsively. She'd gone with her heart instead of with her head. Well, he had gone with his heart instead of his head and he ended up in this troubled marriage. She took numerous pills. She drank heavily. She was dating two men, speaking against the one to the other and then pretending to love. And eventually they ended up in this hotel, her with her actual husband, to spend a weekend together. And it seemed like it was very romantic, but then she was phoning the boyfriend on the side and he apparently went to sleep on the bed, woke up and found her dead in the bathroom. Then he was accused of her murder when she was intoxicated, taken tablets. You can make of it what you will when you watch the documentary. But nonetheless, he spent 10 months in prison. His entire life was ruined. His entire reputation was destroyed. And the reason was, wasn't just some small thing. They had both lost their heads while dating. As a believer, that's not what you should be doing. You need to keep your head and you need to think and you need to be careful that the devil doesn't get you in the trap of going with your emotions. Let me remind you as we begin to move to a close, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 26, he's, uh, Paul writing here and he says, and, I, and, and they will come to their senses. He's speaking about people who are, who are in, in certain doctrines. He says, and they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has caught them and made them obey his will. You can get trapped emotionally if you lose your head and you can end up with a lot of trouble. Ask people who have had tumultuous marriages, who've got rushed into marriage, who've moved in together. These things don't work out. God has given us his wisdom and we need to follow it. And, and, and can I just say this as we, as we move to a closure? This is very important. People think that because they use reason that they are being wise. I reasoned. Well, let me give you something important here today. We need to use truth when we make decisions, not reason. You see, reason is like this. Reason is like a map. It can show you all the different ways that you should take, but it's actually up to you which way you choose. But because people are using reason and they're looking at all the ways, they think they've thought it through. No, they will still go with their heart and make a wrong choice. Do you know that reason can often reason against God's word? You see, this is how it works. A woman falls pregnant and then she reasons, you know, my career is going to come to an end if I have a baby. I can't quite have a baby now. I'm not sure if this man's going to marry me. So she reasons that abortion is good for her while a Christian reads the word of God and reasons that abortion is bad. You see, you can't make a decision based on reason. You have to make it based on truth and on the word of God. And when it comes to dating, don't lose your head. Now in a moment, I'm gonna pray with you, but I wanna wrap this up. You remember way back the French Revolution, they had the thing called the guillotine. And you know, decapitating someone's head, it really causes the body to die. When you cut someone's head off, there is no chance of life. And when you lose your head in life, your body or your life dies because now you're living, trying to live rather by the rest of your body, which is pretty amazing, but without a head directing and leading, you'll always end up in disaster. 
Here's the thing. Not only is that true of your life, but if you live without Christ as the head, because the Bible says he is the head of the body, without Jesus connected to your life as head, you basically die. In fact, you don't have eternal life and your life is not directed and led in the direction that God wants it to go, in the direction of blessing because you're not connected to the head. Colossians 1.17, speaking of Jesus, he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Jesus needs to be your head, the head of the church. The church doesn't function by emotion. It functions by its head who speaks truth. He came with grace and truth and we are directed by him. And when we're disconnected from him, the church dies. The church ends up emotional, not based on truth. And our lives end up disaster. If you've become disconnected from Jesus today, you're in great danger. If you've not been connected to him, you might think, man, I've got powers of reasoning. I'm highly educated. But without Christ as the head, there is no eternal life and no real Zoe life in our lives. If today you'd like to reconnect, I'd like to pray with you. And if you'd like to invite Christ to be your head and to lead your life, bear in mind, leadership comes from the head and blessing comes to our lives through the head then let's pray this prayer together. Lord, we thank you today that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins, to make us part of your church, to be our head. We open our hearts to him today and we make him the Lord of our lives, the head of our lives. As a believer, Lord, I make you head of my life. You are my head. And if you're not a Christian today, pray this. Thank you, Lord, that you are my head. I give you my life. Lead me and bless me today. I thank you, Father, for your son. And I trust him as my head today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message. 